Hello and welcome to Front Office Features. My name is Rob Crane, here as always with Chris Valente. Chris, hello. Rob, what's up, buddy? So you have been Johnny Concert Guy. Oh, well, I went to two. (laughs) That's right, but two in like two weeks. No, two in two nights. Two and two nights. <laughs> I haven't talked to you in two weeks. So, but two uh, and two nights. Let's just say the the biggest thing I think the COVID world did to me is took my stamina. I was hurting after one night of Guns N' Roses and then went back to Billy Joel the next night. I it, it He got me going. I got through it. But wow. Two nights in a row would never used to have knocked me. I was I was hurting. But not from drinking, really. Like just physically tired of trying to. Put- that's because you're old. I so that's from like I, maybe yes, but also <laughs> I don't know. Like I was, I was <laughs> says the guy who's older than like six months older. Than but you. then my but so like and my buddy who was at both nights too randomly just because he had bought tickets for both shows, he texted me the next morning. He's like, I am so tired, and I was like, Yeah, me too, and I don't know why. I actually, because Guns N' Roses, I was home by 11 from Guns N' Roses, which I get home later from a Sox game. And then I was, Billy, Billy Joel's 72, so he was off the stage at uh, 9.30, so I was home by 10.30. <laughs> Billy Joel was done by 9.30? 9.30. He was great. He was phenomenal. Guns N' Roses was, eh, Slash was, it was kind of what I talked about when I was at the Super Bowl. It, Slash was amazing. Axel stunk. Like, his voice stinks. He had to leave stage, I think, five times for oxygen. He's he talking about old and fat. So... Two nights, two concerts. So when he sings Sweet Child of Mine, he just can't get it anymore? Oh, no, no, no. And then he did he did November Rain by himself with a piano, and it was like, it was bad. It was just it was just bad. It just wasn't it good. Was, but, uh, but Slash is sick. Sla- so, the, here's the, here's, so here's how I can confirm that you and I are old. The uh, 23, 24-year-old females in my office said, this guitar guy is pretty good. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> this guitar this, guy. This it's freaking Slash, man. Dude, no, I he almost got hit by a train. That still gives me antsy when you, uh, uh, when I watched, was it, uh, November Rain video? Yep. He, they had no idea who he was. But then they were like, it's really cool to see someone like use an instrument and make music. And I'm like, Jesus, Lord Almighty, where? What do you mean? Wait, wait, wait. Uh, well, because there's, no, there's no rock bands anymore. There's right? no rock bands, and they grew up with. There's, there's been pop doesn't use instruments, so they're like, they were like, oh, this is really cool to see someone on stage like making music. And I was like, yes, Slash is a top five guitarist of all time. Like it's not so like they're, they're you. Uh, I got. I, I am. I feel ancient right now. I, I, I must feel like I'm gonna talk like I'm 140. But like, is there is the like 23 year old is like the use of a guitar like Ed Sheeran. Pretty much, yeah. Like, right? Like, he and he doesn't. I wouldn't call him a. Because I was thinking about who was I talking with about this? I don't know. Who is like the uh, like the rock band that everybody knows? Currently, yeah. Right now, uh, there isn't one. Like, that's... Is, is there? Is there? So I was like, my argument was this: Is there not? Or my question was this: Is there? Not one, or do we just not know about? No, it? no. I'd say because I hear that I, I'm a hundred. I, I feel like no, but you and I work with young people, so I have I get into these discussions like a couple years ago before COVID hit when the concerts were coming. Like I, the same, they're like, "Who's Pearl Jam?" I'm like, "Oh my god." Ugh. Um, but the one band I think maybe maybe everyone knows, but they're from our generation is Foo Fighters. Maybe 
Dave Matthews. Yeah, but they're not new. That's what I'm saying. Oh, the new band would maybe be um, Greta Van Fleet, the ones that sound like Led Zeppelin. Have you heard them? No, but I kind of... They literally, you're like, I'm listening to Led Zeppelin. It's crazy town. You have to... We'll play it after we we, we get out of this. But... Um, there's the rock and roll. I wouldn't, I'm not going to say it's, it's dead, but it's not mainstream. It's that, yeah, definitely not mainstream, right? Like you turn, there's no bands. No. And if, well, if they are, they're BTS, like boy bands. Like it's not, there's no rock bands. Yeah, it's like Maroon 5, a rock band. But they're, that's not new by any means. But they're not new either. They've been around. Yeah, right. I mean, Adam Levine and Maroon 5 are probably 20 years old now. 20, oh yeah, right. So yes, right. I remember when. To your question, uh, there's not a rock band that is like on top of the world like those guys used to be. Yeah, right. Oh, I remember. Which, uh, huh. uh, so, so talking about music. So, uh, you and I haven't talked in two weeks. I watched the Woodstock '99 documentary. Was that good? It was phenomenal. It's really so worth watching. Yes, it brings you right back to feeling like you're in the '90s. It is amazing how they royally messed up that event, and then how bad the music was and what we actually liked and deemed <laughs> of good music. But it is, it makes Firefest look like the best time ever when you watch Woodstock 99's documentary. It was so bad and so messed up. With I remember. I remember it. I don't remember anything about it. I just remember that it happened. You got to watch it. it so you All like right. documentaries. I do. I do. I'm in the midst of one right now. What what are you watching? Uh, uh, it's uh, it's this is a this is a, uh this is a robbery. It's about an art museum in Boston that oh, was no, robbed. I watched that. Yeah, on Netflix. I watched that. Yeah, on Netflix. Yeah, it's yeah. like a six or seven part series. I never knew about that. I was it was great. I like no idea. No, I, idea I did not it. know about it. I'm I'm thoroughly enthralled. But as a mu- um, as a music guy, and someone from the night, you got to watch Woodstock '99. All right. The promoters are so dumb. And they're they they blame everyone but themselves. So this is this is so this is we're talking ninety nine here. A bottle of water was four dollars, and a bottle and a beer was four dollars. So you're taking about twenty two year old kids who have a choice between a four dollar bottle of water and a four dollar beer. Which one are they going to choose? <laughs> they're just hammered. So within a day. It was a disaster. It was 100 degrees. It was on an air... Because f- everyone thinks Woodstock was always in the same place. Woodstock's been in three different locations. This location was on an abandoned Air Force base on a tarmac. It was 100 degrees. You're on a tarmac. It's so hot. Everyone is just... It's debauchery. There's there's so many sexual harassment, rape, fires, riots. They're, they're like... They, they blame Fred Durst for encouraging people to break stuff. And the, During like, the song Break Stuff? Well, they're like, he went on stage and was telling everyone to break. I'm like, he sings the song Break Stuff. <laughs> yeah, there's a song called Break they Stuff. Have, I mean, the, if, you look at the, if you think of the bands, it was Corn, Olympus Biscuit, Kid Rock, Chili Peppers. Like, not bands where everyone's going to hang around and be like, ooh, that's Metallica. It was, a de- it was just, it was debauchery of epic proportion and a, a bunch of angry white dudes who had all this anger for not really anything to be angry about at the time in the late 90s. It's a very it's an interesting documentary of the intersection. They talk about our boys how Nirvana and Pearl Jam in the early 90s grunge came and went so fast and those guys were big into like social issues and Yeah, know, right. They weren't like 
angry and then you listen to Limp Bizkit's music and, and Kid Rock's music and they're just angry at everybody and they've taken rap and made it metal, whatever. And there's just this huge disconnect of what the music festivals should have been and what they became and Woodstock 99. It's 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 completely fascinating documentary that people who like music like yourself should watch. I went to a Limp Biscuit, Godsmack, and DMX concert. So DMX is at Woodstock 99. Yeah, I probably went to that concert in 2000 or 2001. I'm sure there was very calm human beings in said stage in the mosh <laughs> I was at a, uh, the Hartford Civic Center. That was because I was in college, right? So it was got to be, it was either 2000 or 2001. Anyway, because I was a freshman. Was it but anyway, our music podcast is going great. Uh, well, I mean, I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like sports and music have this really cool intersection. Of course. Really. But yeah. anyone out there, so it's on um, it's on HBO. And Bill Simmons is the producer. Ah, HBO, I don't have HBO. Uh, we'll figure it out. It, Bill Simmons is the producer. Uh, so oh, really? That'll yeah, be good. It's, it's, it's really good. So anybody out there who has HBO and wants to watch anything about Woodstock 99 and how not to run a music festival, check that one out. Well, I have to, I, I'm, I'm interested. I, I, I am interested. All right, I want to circle back to what we talked about two weeks ago. I can barely remember what the what hell the I had hell for did breakfast. What we talk about two weeks ago? So what we had, what we talked about two weeks ago, is kind of remember it was about uh, if you don't know, if you're um, if you take one job. I told my uh, Texans job, can you go back to the next one? Correct. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So one thing, and I'm probably guilty of this at some point. You have a good candidate. Okay. And you have a sales job opening. Okay? Yep. You oversell the other stuff other than sales <laughs> to get the person to come and join your staff. Tail is old as time, especially in the minor leagues. Oh, so. Rampant in he, the minor leagues. Rampant. Rampant in the minor leagues. So well, here's what. You get to pull the tarp, too. It's great. <laughs> you got to taste the. So, anyway. Here's what happens. And this is more of just like, I don't know, just this is really what happens, right? So people, one of the more popular things that I hear is people, I want to be involved in marketing and community relations. Number one and number two, pick pick which one. Excuse me. And so what they'll do is you'll hear the sales interviewer is is a salesperson, right? So they are always trying so they're trying to sell you on coming to them right they're the salesperson you can't bullshit a bullshitter it's a it is a phrase that is forever true so they're trying to sell you on why to come so they'll hear oh community relations and marketing they will spin and i've i'm i know i've done this i i can't say that i i'm not of course guilty you have. Of you've been in minor leagues for 19 years there's no way you haven't <laughs> so They'll spin. They'll say like, oh, you know what? You're right. Community relations is a big part of our role. And uh, you'll be in charge of, you know, you'll be involved in our, you know, youth baseball program or youth hockey program or youth whatever this. If you hear that, if you're interviewing and you're like, man, that sounds awesome. I'm going to be like youth programs. We're going to be putting some stuff together. Let's go. I now can sell a little but man i got something to hang my hat on i got this youth baseball hockey soccer or whatever the hell it is a crock of shit <laughs> what that is in reality 
is you're going to go to a youth hockey rink at 6 a.m. when the squirt bees are playing. It's freezing. And it's freezing. And you're going to go to there and try and collect names and pass out little quarter sheet cut flyers, right? Yep. You take a full sheet of paper on the cutting yep. machine. Whoop, whoop, oh, my God. If I never hear the word flyers again in my life, I'll be, I'll be good. <laughs> right. And you're going to hand those out. And they're going to be at a youth hockey game. But which it has. In community, which you're now which in is community. in a community. Yes. But it has nothing to do with what you were told. Like, that is not. You know, you know what else you got to do within the community? If there's a folk fest or a downtown night, you can also go set up a table and hand out flyers and pitch right. tickets. Or collect names, or hey, you might even get to jump in the mascot suit too. But yeah, your job is, is a, to sell tickets. Yes, and then the 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 marketing side. Oh, that's one of the ones too. Is Ooh. like, all right. So what does that mean? Like when you when someone's here is like, oh, the, uh, the marketing of it. That's sales, man. It's sales. When someone says like, no, oh, you'll be in charge of you know be helping with can, the marketing of how we how execute yeah. those things. If you can figure out how to how about talk about the grass to sell more roots. tickets. Grassroots Talk about marketing. grassroots uh, marketing initiatives. Grassroots marketing initiatives is going and putting, is handing out quarter sheets of paper that say like the upcoming games or a mini plan or something. It could be targeted. Yes, that's a big part of selling. Don't get me wrong. I'm I am not anti flyer. I'm not anti going you to. Can't be anti flyer and be in sales for tickets. Right. That's, that's what they sell. Uh, that's yes. But, but that's not. If you hear that in an interview. Right, or you are talking about community relations, or going to, uh, uh, you know, uh, what did I say, marketing, right? And they try to tell you those types of things. There's two things that you could do, in my opinion. One, call bullshit. Be like, no, I'm not going to be at a table in a in a freezing cold ice skating rink in, you know, North Dakota, right? Like, no, I'm not doing that. Or you're doing it, and you'll be fine with it. Or two, just call out, like, all right, what does that mean? Like, what, is, what does the youth hockey program mean? Tell me more about the details of said youth hockey program. What's, so <laughs> oh, you, youth hockey program is... What would, you, what would you say, without giving the exact number, the woo You can sell group tickets and they actually play. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> in between the innings. Oh, oh you, you got a youth yeah, hockey play, program. Look at us making the community better. You one play on our ice. Same ice the one, pros play on. Mites on ice, baby. Mites on ice. What, what bantam team at a time? Um, what do you think the Woo Sox marketing budget is? Like marketing budget to go out and actually, not, right? Not zero. very much. Probably, maybe five thousand dollars. That's in a line item somewhere. I'll call it fifteen twenty. Right? Yeah. Where, yeah. Use the marketing people. It is the <laughs> yeah. people going from in ticket sales going to said events to promote said team with said mascot. Throw some T-shirts, collect some names, sell some tickets, get those people to come to said game. <laughs> That and go do it again the next day. I mean, major league teams don't have marketing budgets. They just don't. Yeah, right. They don't market. The word marketing is the dumbest term when you're working for a team. Everybody is marketing the team. Everybody. Yeah. They, uh, <laughs> the one thing that I'll say is the other thing I hear social media a lot, right? And one of the things that we found success for this year, and maybe I'm old and this has taken 100 years to get to, right? Because I think earlier in the podcast I said I'm, you know, 120. Is we started using Facebook 
Um, you know, like the yeah, ever heard? Ever heard this thing called the Facebook? We got on it, which is great. No, (laughs) but one of the things I remember when I was this is selling tickets twenty years ago, but like, and it was still an issue five five years ago, is like when you sell like to a little league tickets to a little league. Yep, they have a league president. It changes every year or two, right? League president's never the same league president. And you have no idea who that person is or how to contact them. But now the the leagues or the teams have, um, you know, the Facebook pages. Yeah. And they all have, like, email addresses on there, phone numbers, how to get in contact. Because oh, that's, that's how they communicate, right? Like, tonight's game is rained out. Uh, uniform pickup is Wednesday at 7, right? Like, that's how they communicate. So, like, th- there's a way to utilize your skills. I guess that's marketing. But it sells. It sales. It sales. Right. So, I start off advice. Two things. Right. One is to watch uh, Woodstock '99 documentary, and the second is to call bullshit when, uh, especially minor league folks. We are yeah, minor a league, unique group of characters. Minor league is definitely where you well, well because we're so spread thin right well, no, like you have to oversell it. look you have to oversell it because you might be competing against them looking at a major league job and the major league job because we talk about the name on the front it's gonna one the name on the front is gonna be more illustrious and two it's probably gonna be a higher paycheck just those are the facts typically you're gonna get more money selling at the major league level the minor league they're not quote-unquote lying that you're gonna do a lot more it's because they have a staff of 20 versus a staff of 200. So yes, you are going to be required to do more. But at the end of the day, you are going to be judged and juried by your sales number. You're going to be paid by your sales number. The extra stuff around that is just extra stuff that you're doing technically for free, quite frankly. But <laughs> at the end of the day, you need to drive revenue. Yeah, just so just, just know that. Just know understand that going in. You're going to get sold a bag of goods. But your job is still the same as it would be if you were at the major league level with actually less responsibility and less money. Right. Um, yeah. So anyway, I wanted to get that off my chest. And clearly. Have you, been se- have you been overselling folks to try and make them come work for the Wu-Sang? For years. Years. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can run community relations. Yeah. You could be our social media coordinator. You're the no. mascot uniform. Here's the place for you. Come on over. I, I tried to actually be pretty good about that. Probably earlier in my career, though, I was oh totally definitely oh you you get it well rounded. You'll see everything. It's it's great. We we we're all we do. Everyone does a little bit of everything. You'll get. I was so full. I was so full of shit. My eyes were turning brown. Oh yeah. (laughs) Well, if it walks like a duck, talks like a duck. (laughs) It's It's a duck, duck. and you're a salesperson. Congratulations. You got a sales. (laughs) Um. uh, So anyway, uh, I know you and I were talking about um, uh, asking for. Uh, a promotion. Yes. So it seems to be promotion season. I think coming out of a pandemic, people took some pay cuts. People got a little restless. People pulled, did some, picked up the slack with a lot less people. There was layoffs, right? I've been having a lot of conversations with my former employees, colleagues, coworkers about promotions and how best to approach said promotion, the right way to do it, the wrong way to do it, negotiations, etc. And I thought it would make a good topic because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who are terrified to do it um, and 
to want to alleviate some of those concerns. And I think there's also a good way to do it. And there's also a wrong way to do it. Yeah. So, um, I think in my, you've got to have the timing has got to be right. Yeah. You've got to read the room, read the room, right? Like there's a time to say like, yep, this is, this is the right time. Uh, some good right times are you just really achieve something high and it was leverage, you know, and it's, and it's, and it's leverage. Right. So, um, and I think that's good timing is, uh, that that's good timing. So I, the one thing I think our industry, and maybe it's every industry, I don't know. I've only ever worked in this industry struggles at and with is merit on is, is promotion based on merit where, I, I think it's typically initiated, and this is where young people should realize it, it's typically initiated by either asking for it because the other people typically think, oh, they're happy, they're here, they're not asking for anything, or threatening to leave. Oh, threatening to leave is probably the one that gives you the most leverage, right? Yeah, which is, it's, it's, it, it drives me crazy that, that what you just said is 100% true, but it is it's 100% true. It's unfortunately is. It's 100% true, but the only thing is, right, you can threaten to leave. Because one thing from the, you know, is once you find good people, it is a pain in the ass to go find another good person and also expensive. I don't mean in, uh, you know, actual cash being handed out, but like time, money, time yeah. and resources being put towards something else. And then retraining someone. Insti- retraining insti- somebody institutional else. Institutional knowledge. <clears throat> institutional knowledge is worth a lot. In the... Uh, the devil you know is always better than the devil you don't, right? Because everybody has flaws. There's not one human being on the face of the earth that is not flawed, right? And if I know your flaws compared to uh, somebody else's, like I've gotten to work around them, I've known how to communicate to you, I've, uh, uh, you know, know when to push your buttons, when not to push your buttons, and... To go through that process again just makes me want to like slam my head against <laughs> the ground and be like, no. Like, so when you say I'm leaving, and you're like, well, what about this? Um, then that's 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 legit leverage. The only the only thing I would tell people and cautioning them with that strategy because there's I think there's three strategies, right? There's one going to your boss and saying X Y Z. I want a promotion and this is why there's another strategy of sitting around waiting for it to happen, which I think if you could probably agree, there's not too many people you ever promoted without knowing that they actually want a promotion or yeah, right. ask for it. Or there's the leverage one, the leverage one though, when you pull the trigger, Oh you, baby, you got to be ready to go. If you don't get the answer that you were looking for, you got to leave. You got to go. So you got to make sure that that position that you're going to take is worth taking. Correct. And if it's not, the leverage game is a slippery, slippery slope. Yeah. And because then if they call you your can... bluff, what do you do? Yeah. Then, so I agree. You've got to, the leverage play is the one that you use last. Though probably the most, when utilized properly, is probably the heaviest hammer, if you will. Correct. And so <clears throat> if I were to do this, let's 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 play this out a little bit. Yep. If I were to go and wanting a promotion or, you know, coach somebody to talk a promotion, 
There's a few words mm-hmm. that I would not use, right? I don't. You, this is not a time where you feel Correct. or you think. Correct. Or, um, you know, you use something that you can't quantify. If you use those qualifier words in your in your statement of why you deserve or what you're looking for in terms of a new role, you're leaving the door open for criticization back from the hiring promotion person. If you walk in and go, I feel like I've done a good job. I think I want to do that. You've left me complete wide open to attack you in, in the sense of like, I want the person who knows what they want. Right. And I want the person who knows they've done a good job, not wishy-washy. And the other thing I'll tell you is you can and remind everyone in this, listening to this, the person that you're going to ask said promotion from has done the exact same thing. They've all gone through that process. They only got to that way, way by either leaving their job or being promoted, right? They didn't just start magically in their career as directors or VPs. Like you had to get promoted or you had to move on. People don't like to talk about money. It gets everyone very uneasy. We talk about asking for a raise. Again, come with conviction, come with facts, come with assertion of this is what I want, this is why I want it, this is why I deserve it, that's it. And you don't need to have this long diatribe of like, keep talking, keep talking, keep talking, keep talking. No, short, sweet, short, shut up. sweet to the point and let the other person react. Right. Um, <clears throat> the more you say, the more you open yourself up. I, I, I thoroughly agree. So I think if I were to coach someone with this, the only way that somebody knows that you want a promotion or where you want your career to go, this is also a good time of like, this is where I want my career to go, right? Whether it's from a sales, it doesn't, doesn't matter the department, right? If I were to coach somebody, my first thing would be to do is this, is when the time's right, ask your boss to coffee or lunch or something like that and say, hey, you know, I've been uh, I've been doing a good job in, in uh, I've you know whatever what, whatever that was was a, you know was a, a a marketing thing that you put together it was a community relations project it was a sales numbers that you hit I feel like I've been doing a pr- pretty good job and over this time whatever the period of time is a year two years three years four years I think and say I can envision myself going down this path what are your thoughts. Right. And get their thoughts and be like, yeah, I think that you could. Um, And here's what you need to think about when you're going down said path. Here's the people that you need to talk to. Now you've got an engaged participant. It's not you banging on the table and saying, I need this promotion because I hit my sales goal. Where the hell is it? That's not an engaged participant. No, no. And and also, if you're early in your career and you've been doing this for two or three years, pump the brakes a little bit too about what you should be expecting. You're not necessarily all of a sudden going to be the manager or the director. I have a story for you. Can I tell you a story? Of course. I love story time with Rob. So, Battle Creek. Here we go. We have to go back. <laughs> I, knew, I knew where we were going. But I you, know, you knew where we were going geographically. God bless Marty. God, God bless. Uh, God, God bless, bless Marty. I am not even a year into being a group ticket sales guy for the Southwest Michigan Devil Rays making $16,000 a year. Very, very and I high roller. asked, high roller, I asked Marty for a sit down 
Marty, who's the president of the, you know, the GM or whatever it was, and the number two guy. I mean, there's eight guys there. So there's the number two guy. He was the, you know, the assistant GM call. Yep. Brian Cheever was his name. So I asked Cheever and Marty to sit down and to have a meeting with me. Okay? So we're in the bedroom of the house, which was Marty's office. Mm-hmm. And I said, Marty, um, you know, I want to set, uh, I, I want to become a, uh, I want to become the youngest general manager in minor league baseball. And he goes, Jesus Christ, Rob, just go sell tickets. And he got <laughs> up and left. <laughs> Uh, so that was <laughs> and a it was the conversation. It was the complete wrong way to go about it, right? Like it was everything that I did there was absolutely wrong, and I'll never forget it. It's just like he goes, throws his hands, exasperated. Jesus Christ, Rob, just go sell tickets, and then gets up and leaves. And uh, conversation uh, over. <laughs> a conversation over, dead in the water. Um, and so I guess what I. I, I learn approach, right? It's not about what you say, it's how you say it. And uh, uh, obviously that was the complete wrong way to go do that. If I was, um, you know, talking, if I was to talking to younger self, like I'd probably ask Marty to go to a beer, right? And be like, Marty, you got your GM job when you were 30. How did you go about doing that? Yep. No, no, there's... Right, and then he would talk about it. And then I would say, you know, Marty, I can really see myself following in... Uh, in footsteps similar what do you think would be a good next path and they would answer that question and i would say it sounds great like i think i'm really interested in that how do you think i can accomplish that right yeah and no, get his and that now you're having a conversation right and then then you set up the next meeting and say look marty when we were in when we had lunch that other day you talked about uh, you know, this is the path that you went on, and this was the next step. That step is now available. I have hit my, my sales number. I have done what you've asked me to do. I've done these extra things, and um, I should be. Uh, I, I want to be considered for that next position, right? And then you've laid out the facts to them. You've laid the groundwork, understanding where you want to go, and now that that's. It, you're more likely to get the yes that you want than, uh, you know, oh, Jesus Christ, Rob, go sell tickets. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally like it. Look, there's, there's different advice for different people at different stages of their career. Like you and I have a little bit more legs to stand on. We're not going to probably have to play that game as much, but when you're 24, 25 and you're trying to set down the right path, Absolutely, you need to get the direction from the person to tell you and give you the answers to the test of what it's going to be required to get the promotion. You or I know and probably can read a room a little bit better. Like, is it the right time to ask for one right now? Or is it, not? Like, <laughs> it wasn't when I asked him to go into the bedroom of the house. No, it was that not was the right office. time. But yeah, like, and then, for all those who don't know, listen a few episodes back and tell everything about Battle Creek. Battle Creek, our offices were a house in right field, and that's why I asked with feral cats. Uh, Feral Cats was a double wide trailer before we upgraded to the house. To the house. <laughs> Battle Creek, Michigan sounds like a like a blast. Is, <laughs> there still, is the team it. still there? Is it is it with the, the There changes? was a college team there called the Battle Creek Bombers. And the funniest thing I ever read about the Battle Creek Bombers, if anyone from Battle Creek is listening to this, uh, maybe like 
I don't know, seven years ago ish, eight years, I don't know, somewhere around there, I read an article um, that the ground the, the, the groundskeeper for the Battle Creek Bombers <laughs> mixed up fertilizer and uh, weed spray and sprayed their whole outfield <laughs> with weed spray and killed, killed the whole <laughs> killed all field, killed all field. <laughs> oh my god, that was one of the funniest. <laughs> Oh, that was one of the funniest things I ever read. Oh, my God. <laughs> poor guy must have felt. I don't understand why this thing's not growing. Everything's turning brown. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Your one job. Your one job is to <laughs> oh, not kill dude. the grass. Yeah. Instead of fertilizer, he got Roundup. We got to get that guy in an interview. <laughs> <laughs> him oh, him and the fanatic that your dad beat up. That's still our, that's still our white whale. White whale. He, I've asked him. He's never coming on. He's never coming on. No, he'd be he's like, he's, he's probably too embarrassed by how much of a jackass he was. No, oh, go back and listen to the Philly Fanatic. Oh uh, my God, episode. Rob's That's dad. probably in the probably 15, 20-ish range. Yeah, Rob's dad beats up the Philly Fanatic. One of our all-time story times, Rob, for those who don't know. I mean, <laughs> I was actually, when we were logging on to do this tonight, I was thinking about like, there's been a lot of stuff. That we've talked about. I mean, we're 145 or 150 episodes in. Yeah, I was, I'm, I'm going on. I, keep talking. I'm going to figure out what number we're on right now. What number are we on? What do you think? Pro- I think it's like 144. Please select all my, this stupid verify I'm not a robot thing. Anyway. Oh, it's like choose the traffic lights. Yeah, I, I'm like, yeah. Well, this, 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 this is so stupid. All right. So anyway, what did you think about the uh, uh, asking for promotion? Do you, do you think that we touched... <laughs> On what we needed to touch on for uh, how to ask for the promotion. I do, I do. And then before before we transition, well, we could transition. You know what else was like a crazy moment to me recently, and just to talk about like how much has happened since we've started this podcast and like how different the world, quote unquote, is for other people. The um, I, I talked to Michael Scott the other day, and we were just catching up on Zoom, and he's in his office at the Washington Nationals and he's as a general counsel this is the same person that during, when this podcast started it was like writing blogs hoping to get into this industry <laughs> was getting like completely just sidetracked and, and down about what was not happening for him and now he's like sitting and crushing it in Washington already like talking about getting they're talking about promoting him again because general, other GCs have left he like knew what the trades were going to happen before the trades because he worked, he's working with baseball ops too. Like it's unbelievable to go from like I was talking to him like weekly. He was helping <clears> us <throat> with our social, and now he's sitting. We should get him as a guest. So he told me that he goes, you know what? If if you guys want, I'll come on as a guest. That'd be great. Let's do it. And he was he was on as a guest that people don't remember, just to talk about his situation of how he was trying to get a job and the stuff he was going through. And now his situation would be, by the way, I'm a big swinging, and I'm sitting here in my office in dc general counseling for the washington nationals no big deal i'm like wow this so much has changed since we hit record for the first time on this podcast fantastic fantastic good for michael scott why can't i Um, get this out anyway anyway it's like 145 episodes but massive huge biggest news ever Biggest news ever in the podcast is coming up next week, and we will not screw this up. We will not screw this up. 
It Biggest is. news ever in the podcast ever is coming up next week. Life-changing news. I, we do not say that lightly. We do not say that kidding. It will be the biggest news we have ever said. Bigger than being acquired. Bigger than joining Blue Wire. The biggest news in the podcast history. I'm going to be the mayor of Battle Creek, Michigan. Yeah, well. <laughs> I have been elected. Bigger than when we sent a, I sent a guy to jail. Bigger. Bigger. bigger yeah, you bigger, did send bigger. a guy to jail. I did um, send a guy to jail. But the uh, but yes, the biggest news I th- I think right it's got to be not I think there's unequivocally <laughs> don't go into this promotion of uh, <laughs> I think no it's not I think I know you have to tune in you have to hear it we will start with that news immediately next week we'll just go into it we'll just go right into it and I'll say we'll uh, we'll just talk about this gigantic news that's coming up massive yeah no one's dying we got to promote it too this week we got to do a oh, good yeah. job promoting well, yep we got we got to do the social thing uh you know that facebook thing you 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 found a couple that weeks fa- ago that facebook thing is it was, i logged we, in on facebook and we found out that there was all these people on it it's unbelievable <laughs> it's like billions of people on this thing oh uh oh speaking Can of the worcester speaking of music uh, i heard pearl jam is not till next year 22? Yeah. Middle. I heard that, that uh, some of the guys don't want to play inside. I wouldn't doubt that with them. So I also, when I was at um, Guns N' Roses and Billy Joel, we had the one of the um, managers for Bruce Springsteen was there. They were giving me some insight into the music world and what's upcoming. Did you hear that song I sent you? I did. It was a very good song. Very good song. Uh, Highway to Hell. So Eddie didn't do it. They, cu- they, they pulled Eddie's track from his live performance of that and dropped it in to the track. Really? From uh, uh, him and Bruce did the song together live. So no, so Bruce recorded his part of that song that was up with Morello in a studio. Oh, got it. Eddie's, Eddie's version in the song is pulled from him doing it live at a different show. Interesting. Because they couldn't... Wonder why he didn't want to do it... They said he couldn't do it or something. I don't know what it was, but he wasn't. How can they do it? I mean, you can I know, record I anything on a... We record a podcast on a Mac. And he also, I'm sure, has a studio in his house. I don't know. They were yeah. telling me that it was, it, it, Eddie's, Eddie's part of the song is pulled from a live Interesting. performance. Interesting. I saw that on social media. For those who don't know, we're talking about Rage Against the Machine. Tom Morello's put out a, a new CD and CD, whatever the hell they're called now. I don't know, album. And Highway to Hell was redone by him, Bruce Springsteen, and Eddie Vedder. Go download and listen to it. Love it. Yes, it's a phenomenal song. But it doesn't sound phenomenal like Pearl Jam song. is going on back on tour until mid-2022 next year. Well, we're going to try like hell and go. And they're going to Europe, I guess, to start for the dates that they missed. And they would come, wouldn't be back into North America to the back end of 2022. Got a ways to go. Eddie's going to be like 80. <laughs> Not quite, but yes. <clears throat> I'm, hoping he right. op- I'm hoping he opens our music hall next year. Next year. That'd be amazing be amazing all right um we hit a couple of good points right i think we hit very good points we had a story time we talked about and music. big gigantic news gigantor news next week biggest biggest of the podcast of all time biggest all right biggest news ever all right anything else i need to get to a red sox game whenever you'd like you know people i do know a couple people at the boston red sox you want to go um to the day game on Thursday? No, I uh, okay. am. <laughs> I am playing in a golf outing with uh, a client. Shocking. Yes, played in a golf outing today with a client. We're playing golf September first. 
September 1st. Can't wait. But Can't wait. Yes, you should come to said Red Sox game. So on September 1st, my daughter gets, uh, like, in the morning, gets, like, the uh, – it's her first, like, kindergarten. Like, they give her, like, an assessment. I'm leaving that assessment and going to go play golf with you. Good. Good. That works. We already did ours. We, ours was virtual. I guess it's at the – Is Maddie starting kindergarten? She starts kindergarten in September. Oh, so does Zach. I thought she was yeah, a year same younger than Zach. July is when her birthday is. Oh, he's mad. Yeah, so they're so. They're just a few months apart. Yeah, so she'll be young just like him. They'll be young. Yeah, I was. It young. is what it is. I was June. Yeah, I was. I was a young. Amy was. A- Amy and Maddie share birthday, so they have the same birthday. Yeah, I was, I was a young. I was a young five-year-old because there'll be some six-year-olds in their class at start, but I'll figure it out. All right, now we're gonna talk. Big, big news next week. Tune in. All right, see you. Later.